Welcome, everybody, to episode number 230 of the Take Him With You podcast for June 30th, 2013. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. Here we go. Well, welcome everybody to the program yet once again. Here we are. Yes, we are. We made it through another week, my dear. Yes, and we actually had summer start here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, like really warm weather and pretty flowers all blooming Mm -hmm. and watering the garden and yeah, all that jazz. Barbecuing. And I love sunshine and warm weather yes you do and i love our air conditioning yes so i sat out in when we got home today i sat out in the sunshine while it was there and you sat under the air conditioner yeah we're we're quite the pair (laughs) yeah yeah that's just how it works (laughs) but uh yeah so uh sorry we're our program's out a, a, a day late but uh this was such a crazy kind of weekend for us We've got a lot of those crazy weekends coming up. And mm-hmm. for this particular, um, we were busy all weekend with a bunch of different stuff. And so we went ahead and uh, waited till tonight to release the podcast a day late because mm-hmm. um, I was at the Raymond Baptist Church this weekend. And so you're going to hear that message. And, uh, you know, now we just kind of got around to it. So that's how it happens when real life takes over. Mm-hmm. Real life. Like this is fake life? No. <laughs> anyway, it was a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. So we'll be back in a moment, talk about what happened this week, and uh, then we're going to introduce our subject and play that, and then we'll uh, talk a little bit more. So stick around to the special Freedom podcast this week. Do you ever wish you could go back in time? Join me on Out of Range Podcast, and you almost can, when I rediscover childhood favourites from TV, movies, toys, comic books, and much more. The usually irregular, but always entertaining geeky media show, Out of Range, can be found at dangelous.com slash outofrange. Search for Out of Range in iTunes, or the podcast app of your choice. That's my buddy Dan. 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 Dan the man. Okay. He's cool. You know what? He and Tim also have a program called Technocratic. Mm-hmm. And they interviewed me for the latest episode. I'm not sure. I don't think it's out yet, but it's going to come out. And they interviewed me and we actually wrote a song live on their podcast. So that's going to be really cool for everybody to hear how that went together. They uh, interviewed me about the new equipment that I have for my studio mm-hmm. and a little bit about my business and how I make music. Did they say they wanted a ballad and you made it into a heavy metal song? Nope. Oh. Nope. This is you a- only do that to me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah so they so dan is involved in a couple of different podcasts and uh it's really fun to listen to his stuff out of range uh actually just had a program with my friend gareth edwards from over in in london gareth. as well i play words with friends with gareth Gareth rocks mm-hmm. hey gareth if you're listening you rock just saying <laughs> gareth has a, a podcast too. we have all sorts of friends that podcast you're just a pod member of the podcasting community we are gareth has a program uh that he does all about asperger's syndrome mm-hmm. and it's called gareth's world and you can find it by typing in gareth's world i actually recommended his podcast to, i have several times to a friend of mine who um works with um children with um autistic spectrum um stuff mm-hmm. yeah i'm not exactly sure how to say that but um i i recommended him to a teacher i thought very cool that she should listen to his podcast because it might give her insight to work with her students i bet it would that's really mm-hmm. cool. Well, we have really cool friends that podcast, bunches of friends that podcast. And it's kind of funny because we have this like whole network of, of encouragement that we support each other, uh, but we really don't have a network. So that's kind of weird. A loosely formed um, community. Yeah, but I have a lot of really community. cool friends mm-hmm. um, all over the world that do podcasting of some sort or another. And it's great. It's really, it, really quite fun. It kind of started with... Um, for you, your first podcast, the very you really fir- got When into I got it. an iPod for the very first time, my family and my kids in the youth group mm-hmm. helped buy me an iPod for my birthday, mm-hmm. for my 40th birthday. Yeah. And I think it was 40th birthday. I think so. Somewhere around there, 39 or 40th. Seven years ago. Yeah. And my whole life changed after that. And that was, that was a classic iPod, wasn't it? It was a video iPod. A video, yeah. Not a classic. Okay, classic video. It, no, it wasn't, a video iPod. It wasn't a touchscreen. It was a... No, it was, had a little wheel on it. Mm-hmm. And you clicked through. But you could play videos on it, which was really cool. Okay. But I, the very first thing I found out is that you not only did you, could you buy music on iTunes, but you could also... Listen to podcasts. Listen to free podcasts. Mm-hmm. So what did I type in the subject line? Star Trek. Star Trek. And the first thing that came up for me was Rico Dosti's Treks in Mm Sci-Fi. So I downloaded a bunch of the programs and started listening to them. Mm -hmm. And then I got you guys to listen to them. And then I think a year later, you got me an iPod Yeah, around then. And the first podcast I listened to um, regularly, like almost daily, was um, dailyaudiobible.com. Right. And um, the guy that talks like this, he he kind of talks a little bit like William Shatner. But hello, everybody. This is the Bible. I would think you would really like him because he talks a lot like William Shatner. In the beginning, I had a sore throat. <coughs> oh, Richard. <coughs> I was just saying what he sounds like. Well, he does sound a little bit like that. But, no, a lot like that. Um, but I listened to that for a long, long time. I still do um, once in a while. And um, I should listen to it every day, but I get distracted. Um, Shame on you, sinner. I I actually, you know, it's funny because lately I've been reading my Bible mostly on my iPhone. Okay. And I'm listening to it. And I'm I'm starting to go through withdrawals. Like, I feel like I need to get out my old paper Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're a traditionalist. That's why. Well, I don't Cause know. Because you, you have to follow the rules and no, everything. No, no, yeah. no. 
There's yeah, just something about holding an. I know, uh, I know. I have friends that are just like this, and you know, like they just. Well, you read on your computer a lot, and I don't like reading on computers. It's not the right level for my bifocals. Okay. <laughs> so I like something I can hold in my hand. So that's why I, re- I read on my Kindle or my iPhone a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, there's just something about a book. I guess. I'm not really. You're not really into books. I am too. I love books. Mm-hmm. You mostly read on your computer. What are you saying that if you read something on the computer, it's not a book? No, it, it's just it's different when you hold a book in okay. your hand. Then say that I'm into pa- actual paper, paper books because well, and there's something nostalgic because like my favorite Bible I've had since we were first married, I've had it over twenty about twenty six years. Yeah. Yeah. Life All application. Right. It's your friend, Bible. huh? Yeah, it's just kind of got, you know, lots of highlights and notes and scribbles. And I'm, and I feel like, I feel like it's just a part of my life. Oh, Rick is pointing to Jade, our, our faithful dog. She played outside today, went on walks in the heat, and now she's asleep on the floor in the studio. She always podcasts with us. Mm-hmm. So, my dear, before we all fall asleep. Okay. What did you do this week, my dear? Hmm. Well, I worked, and then um, the exciting thing I did, besides work, was um, I had some friends over Saturday to strip wallpaper off of my kitchen walls in preparation to bring them up into the current um, century. You're going to bring your friends into the current century? No, my kitchen... Yeah. Um, is kind of stuck back in the '90s Victorian mode. It's been like cranberry tea time. Cranberry colored. Hello, welcome to tea time with Amy Moyer. Yeah, and I do like tea and flowers, and so you know, I kind of dug that that Doug, Victorian. I I, I kind of was into you know the teapots and the tea and the, but you can do the same dark color on your wall only so many decades and i think it's been on my my wall too long i'm gonna need to pause because my daughter's calling all right hold on we'll be right back all right phone call done now what's going on with your kitchen um well it's nothing major it's just i've had the same paint color up this dark kind of loganberry color for about 15 years and so i'm kind of tired of it so what we're gonna do is um first we my girlfriends and i um, painted or took off the fruit fruity um wallpaper border border that we had up there and i'm gonna paint it prime it white to start with and um, because i have primer and I have white paint, so I'm just going to do that to start with. And then, after I've primed it, then I'm going to have to decide what color to paint it. This is thrilling. Yes, I know. I've just made everyone's year because I've talked about painting my kitchen. That's pretty awesome. So, after after we got that off, we sat out in the sun for a while, and then I went I'm over joking. to... One of my friend's houses, while awesome. you were doing something, you were working on a web page or something. 
or your sermon for today. And I went over to her house and we roasted hot dogs and um, sat around the fire and talked and then came home and got ready. Did you drink beer? No. Okay. I drank water. All right. Trying to drink more water. You tried to drink more beer? No, I'm trying to drink more water. Okay, all right. I think beer smells like throw up. I know. You've told us many times. Okay, so, um, but I've been trying to drink water because water is good for me. So that got us up to today. Mm. And today I went down to Raymond with you after rushing through the house and doing a bunch of things before we could go down to Raymond. You preached. I took pictures. And Catherine sold a bunch of raffle tickets for the, the massage giveaway because she had four massages donated from by a, a local company a local company that she's a really so nice if you want Christian any massage lady. tickets they're a dollar a piece yeah you know and i and I if you don't live here you can still donate <laughs> yeah. to tickets because she still she bought yeah. her ticket she bought to her africa. plane ticket to africa we have the money for her shots which by the way are two hundred dollars yeah. for her shots yeah we've got her passport and now and her shock collar no shot collar. Just joking. But the last thing is that we don't want her to starve or not have transportation money. When so she's now we're there. making a little bit more money. So, so where is she at? Does she need how much more does she need? Well, ideally, um, uh, for everybody going, they need fifteen hundred dollars, and all together, all together, and she's got right. about sold about a hundred and fifty, hundred sixty dollars worth of tickets so far. For the raffle. For the raffle. And okay. that gets four chances because we have four gift certificates for okay. the um, <coughs> the South Shore Massage. A very nice Christian lady that um, donated them yeah. the gift certificate. And they have a really awesome business. I did their webpage for them. Mm -hmm. It's called southshore-massage.com. Yep. And she's really great. I've yeah. gone to her, her name a couple of times. Catherine. Yes. With a K. With a K and a Y. Yeah. Because, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's what you did this week. Yeah. Oh, and after church, after that, then Catherine and I went to my aunt's, who's 90 years old, and we washed all of her windows on a big two-story house, and so out in 83, 84-degree temperatures. So it was beautiful today. It was gorgeous, but it got kind of warm. warm. Yeah. She has... Um, kind of a sunroom downstairs full of windows and there's also a garage so you washed windows, windows for the mission trip huh yeah that's cool and um so i wouldn't take any money for, for it because it was my aunt but um she gave Catherine a donation oh that's so nice that was really nice and aunt dorothy she's a very very sweet lady and, and she was really nice she told me yeah. my sermon was really good today mm -hmm. that was very nice you know when you can make the kids pay attention and like it and the and seasoned, uh, seasoned saints, saints. Mm -hmm. like it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah, it was good. And I got invited back to preach again. Two more times scheduled. Boy, this is getting to be a habit. If they get another pastor, though, soon, then maybe not as much anymore. But so enjoy it while I can. Right, right now you're going down every month. Yeah. Once a month. And we're actually going to play on the program today the message that I preached this morning. And I remember to take pictures by you yeah. preached today. I even didn't like them. They weren't very, yeah. yeah. 
It's okay. I'm not the bestest picture no, taker. No, you're a good picture taker. Just... I was taking it with my iPhone from quite a far away. So. Well, and while you were washing windows, I had my HD camera and I filmed uh, your brother. My brother-in-law mm-hmm. uh, is a chainsaw artist. Did you say fartist? No, artist. I didn't know people can be a fartist. <laughs> Stop it. No. He's a chainsaw artist. He carves wood with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And not just, I mean, it's really cool. Yeah. And he makes all sorts of different things. And so he had an idea of making a demonstration video, a DVD, mm-hmm. that um, he could sell at different art shows and different uh, over the internet that would show how to, to carve the particular most popular item that he makes, which is a big, huge salmon mm-hmm. uh, out of wood. And it's all varnished and pretty and cool. And you can hang it on your wall or put it in your garden or whatever. It's now, really cool. Did he, did he give the a demonstration of him sanding it and staining whole, it too? The whole thing, yeah. Uh, all the way from the block of wood that it was at first. Mm-hmm. He actually cut it all out. We filmed the whole thing. And then... Uh, we took it back down to his shop, and he sanded, and then he varnished, and we got to see the finished product up at his uh, where he works at. It mm-hmm. was really cool. He's kind of taking a, a little bit um, from my grandfather, who is really good, what a really good woodworker. Well, he's got some amazing stuff, and I actually posted some pictures of it. Um, I, I got one of the, this beautiful dolphin that he did. It's just awesome, just really cool. And then he's got fish, and then he's got guitar he gave me two guitars which is really cool the of the the wood carvings mm-hmm. and he's made alligators and eagles and whales and snakes and all sorts of really snakes? cool things. yeah you should see them they're really cool I don't well it's kind of like a lizard see. it's not a snake it's a lizard kinda. i don't like snakes yeah much. well anyway he's done some amazing stuff okay. and some some violins and um just amazing, amazing stuff. I'm pretty mm-hmm. impressed with, with a chainsaw. With a chainsaw, and I wa- I couldn't believe it. It's a little chainsaw that he uses. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got a big, huge chainsaw that he cuts the actual wood with, like the logs. Uh huh. And, cu- like and it cuts. Tree. He's got a big, huge uh, saw that is. I don't know how to describe. It. It's like a chainsaw that's sideways on a on a grid, with a big bar that takes it across and then you can cut it's like the big a, slabs of I wood. I think those are called like a chainsaw mill. Yeah, that's exactly what it mm-hmm. is. And so he's got a little mill on the back of his truck. Well, it's not little, it's big. But then he cuts the chunks of wood out of all sorts of like cherry wood and uh, old growth cedar, spruce, pine. And I think both the guitars he made for you were out of wild cherry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really neat. It's And it's a beautiful, rich... Um, color with a little bit of red in it. And I told him so I would pretty. I would uh, help him with doing a video and stuff, and I'm going to help him with a website. And, and I think we're gonna we're gonna have a few of his pieces at our art walk. Yeah. So. So that'll be neat. Mm-hmm. So that was what I did today. But this week I did a whole bunch of different stuff. I looking again for work, and I did get a couple of jobs. I got a, a big <gasps> website. That's our dog, by the way. Hello, mm-hmm. Jade. I got a big website that I did, um, and you can go take a look at it. It came out really nice. Hansen'sQualityPainting.com. Mm-hmm. That's my uncle. It looks really nice. Yeah, but he, really paid, he paid me to do a fancy website, and so I did. And it's really cool looking. So I was happy with that. And also, our good buddy Rico mm-hmm. from the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast actually commissioned me 
to do a brand new intro song to the po- to his podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Would and, you like to hear it? And, and Jade is barking. In Would the you background. like to hear the new intro sure. to his podcast? This is the new Trex and Sci-Fi intro to the Trex and Sci-Fi podcast that I made for Rico as he commissioned me and gave me ideas on what to do. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's trick flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold-containing alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Rico, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. So that's his brand new intro right there. Cool. I, I'd heard an earlier version of it without any without talking the clips. Yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It And even before you put the clips in, I thought it was really well done, so... It was very fun. I tried to make it a, a bunch of different genres of science fiction mm-hmm. and fantasy and adventure and all that. And that's why I used a lot of orchestration. But then, of course, I had some cool sci-fi sounds and some rock and stuff, too. Yeah. Made it so fun. thank you, Rico, for commissioning me to do that. That was really cool of you. Yeah. I always like doing – I you know, I do a lot of stuff for free for my friends because – well, because they're my friends and they're awesome, you know. But people like Rico and our good buddy Wayne – Anderson uh-huh. and Troy. Yeah, you just did a website under, for... Um, well, Under the Dome mm-hmm. Radio. Underthedomeradio.com for the new Under the Dome show. Yeah. I, and um, I actually did some work for them. Now, did we talk yet about the pilot of that? No, we haven't. But we're going to wait to talk about that because we okay. have an opportunity for a really cool podcast really? for the Taking With You podcast. Yeah, we actually might be able to interview okay. one of the stars of the show. Really? They are a believer in God. Uh-huh. And they, through Wayne and Troy, mm-hmm. they mentioned our podcast to him. And he said he would love to uh, come on the show and talk about what it's like to be a believer in Hollywood. Now, do you know what character he plays? Yeah, but I'm not going to say it yet. Oh. I want to know. Well, I'll tell know. you. I'll tell you, but I'm not going to tell everybody. Okay, turn off the podcast no, so you can tell me. No, <laughs> You know who else um, that we maybe could have interviewed? I'm no, I'm I know. Sure. The, the cow that got cut in half. No. But it's it's no. dead now, and you can't, no. you, you can't no. get it to talk okay. anymore. Okay, I've told you before that Stephen King, I, I never thought I would really be into <coughs> his books, because I usually don't like anything gory or scary. But... um. 
he did a show called Haven. Or is it coming back? Is it coming back? For I'm not season? sure, but we actually have a contact yeah. with another. The star of that show yeah. is a believer. Mm-hmm. And she is a friend of a friend of ours that she was a, my friend was a pastor's wife too. And she's a ordained minister herself. And, um, and we might be able to get an interview with her. That might be kind of cool. You guys want to, are you up for that? That'd be kind of fun. The star of Haven. It was another. I I heard they put a brand new, uh, Italian, uh, restaurant in that town. Okay. Pizza Haven. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, wouldn't take that one on the road. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> okay. <sorry. laughs> wow. <laughs> You're funny. So. So anyway, that's what I did this week and now I'm that's looking cool. I'm doing a bunch of more a bunch of more. I'm doing a bunch more auditions. I got rejected so many times it wasn't even funny. This last week I don't know what was in the you air, know, but it's it's interesting cuz um, you used to get a lot of jobs through Elance, but then, that's what I've been trying to do. But again, lately, it it's kind of dried up. And well, no, there's, it, there's some opportunities, but I'm not being picked. So. <laughs> well, part of it is, um, you're competing against people, um, from countries that have a lower standard of living, a lower cost of living. Yeah. So and when so they they don't they, they bid, bid really low. Yeah. Or you're you're also competing against people who have full time jobs, mm-hmm. and they just do this for fun, so they bid real low. Right. And so you'll put in what is a fair but reasonable bid. Yeah, I don't charge too much, but I don't charge too little either, and so. So I mean, you have um, decades of experience producing music and doing voiceovers. You were in radio for 12 years and well, and what have done you know, what we talked about was finding your niche, finding what you do well, 30 years. yeah, what you do well, and then concentrate on that part of it. So, yeah, but it's you know, it's challenging because not everyone wants to pay for that experience, they just want something cheap. Yep, <laughs> so it's, so it's everybody pray for me that I get some more contracts. That would be awesome, that would yeah. be very helpful. It would be very, That's all very I'm going to say about that. It would be very good. We're done talking about that. Okay. So, what are we going to talk about now? We're going to talk about the fact that um, being that it is almost the 4th of July, which is Independence Day here in the United States of mm-hmm. America. And after doing a little bit of research on what Independence Day was all about mm-hmm. and what uh, what, you know, how we gained our independence from... Uh, our good buddies over there across the pond. You know, one thing we have to say, even though we're celebrating on the 4th of July our independence from control control of Great Britain, we mm-hmm. love our friends over there. We love our oh, friends across the pond. Oh, come on. It was a long pond. time ago. I'm not so holding I just, it against them. I know, but I just, you know, you mentioned that in your little introduction in your sermon, you know, breaking free of tyranny. And, and I'm going, yeah, okay, but... You know, they're they're pretty much a democratic society now. <laughs> they're not, well, kids, yeah, you know, it's, so it's it's different. It's all different. Than it's it water under That's, the bridge. So, yeah. yeah. So don't freak out about that. But <laughs> I thought I would share. Uh, actually, I, I was talking about Matthew chapter 23 mostly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I'm going to. And I you. love that you pick the message 
to read in the Bible. Now, the translation that you used was actually a paraphrase um, that you read out of in your sermon today. And if anyone can get a hold of that paraphrase called The Message, Mm -hmm. it is so awesome to read. Now, it's not a a study study Bible. Bible, but it's paraphrased into... Modern Our English current vernacular. Vernacular. Yeah. And it's just it just seems so meaningful the way it's phrased. Yeah, it's it's pretty thought provoking and mm-hmm. that's why I use it. So I hope everybody enjoys it. We're gonna play it and then we'll be back briefly at the end and we'll say goodbye. So here you go. This was my message that I preached or or shared or whatever you want to call it at Raymond First Baptist Church um on June 30th, 2013. So it's called Jesus the Revolutionary. Right here on Taking With Well, good morning, everybody. Morning. Happy 4th of July, almost. You know, when I was a kid, kind of now, too, I love to blow things up. Can I say that in a public place? Yeah, I think I can. It's different now. You know, you say stuff like that, now you get in trouble. But when we were kids, we would find the crazy. We would do silly stuff. Okay, stupid stuff. I don't know what we were thinking. But uh, I grew up on a little hobby farm. My wife calls it a hobby farm because she doesn't think it was real, but it was. And uh, we would always, during Fourth of July, we'd have a big picnic and invite everybody and it would be a big, huge party. We'd uh, roast a pig over a spit, you know, and have games, greased pig contests. Now, that's, seriously, catching a wiener pig without grease is hard. Doing it with lard all over it is even worse. Uh, we'd play all sorts of fun games, and then, of course, at night, all of us would pool our fireworks together and then put on these big displays. So when I grew up, I really thought the 4th of July was basically get together and blow things up and eat. And, of course, the adults drank. And that's kind of how it went. It wasn't until later that I found out the 4th of July was completely different. There was a whole backstory to it. Go figure. There usually is, isn't there? And isn't it like human beings to change how we celebrate things and, and then we're, do, we're celebrating but we don't really know why we are? Well, you all know and... I I know we all realize that the reason we celebrate the 4th of July is that the United States became independent of England and we had our own government and now we were able to make our own decisions and we weren't weren't taxed high. Wait a minute, how's that work? Anyway, uh, we basically broke apart from the tyranny of, of the English folks and we became our own nation. So we celebrate a thing called Independence Day. But how many people know just because you you say you're free doesn't mean you can do anything you want? When we were singing this morning, even some of the the, uh, the hymn at the beginning, did you notice that it, it talked about having self-control? Talked about there's some restraint to it. Freedom, really, if you think about it, true freedom is knowing your boundaries and working within them so you get the best out of your situation has nothing to do with what I'm preaching on today. Just wanted to say happy 4th of July. Let's pray. 
Father, we worship you and we thank you for our dependence upon you and our independence from the devil. We are so grateful that you saved us and you set us free and you love us and you have an amazing plan for our lives. If we just recognize you, we can walk in the freedom that you bring, which is the ultimate freedom. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives. Would you show us something in your word today that would challenge us and help us to be more like you? That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to push this away a little bit because it's, it's, kind of, it's a little bit hot, so it's making it hum up here a little bit. I don't know what you can do. Nothing. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. By the way, thank you for all your hard work back there. You know, if the service goes like it usually does, you never recognize the people in the back doing their thing. You do an awesome job. And everybody that you have working with you does a great job with all the PowerPoint and all that jazz. So thank you. Don't forget to thank her. Okay, Do that. Well, I want to talk today about Jesus the Revolutionary. Do you know that Jesus was the ultimate revolutionary? He was tired of the status quo and how things had become. And Jesus actually did something about it. I believe the reason that Jesus came to this earth, well, one of the reasons, was to set things right between man and God. And by that man, I mean us as humans. To set it right, us right, between God and us. And we need Jesus. How many would agree that we need Jesus? Very important. One of the coolest things that Jesus did was he challenged the normal way of life, especially in the area of religion. He wasn't happy with the status quo, like I said. In fact, he was really quite a revolutionary. He challenged the religious leaders in their thought process. And today, I want to read some scripture that might challenge us in our thought process. Because it's much easier, folks, to follow the rules than the intent behind them. I just want you to think about that for a moment. Because sometimes we can go by the letter of things without any feeling, and we miss it. And sometimes we can do all by feeling without the letter of things, and we can miss it there too. What's the happy in between? Serving Christ. And I want to show you how we can be free in Jesus, and we can be revolutionaries against religion in our lives. All right, we're in Matthew chapter 23. I want to read to you out of the Message Bible. I could read the entire chapter, but we'd be here a long time. So I'm just going to read uh, verses 1 through 12. Here's what it says. Watch for the revolutionary here. Now Jesus turned to address his disciples, along with the crowd that had gathered with them. The religion scholars and the Pharisees are competent teachers in God's law. You won't go wrong in following their teachings on Moses, but be careful about following them. They talk a good line, but they don't live it. They don't take it into their hearts and live it out in their behavior. It's all spit and polish veneer. Instead of giving you God's law as food and drink by which you can banquet on God, they package it in bundles of rules, loading you down like pack animals. They seem to take pleasure in watching you stagger under these loads and wouldn't think of lifting a finger to help. 
Their lives are perpetual fashion shows, embroidered prayer shawls one day, and flowery prayers the next. They love to sit at the head of the table at church dinners, basking in the most prominent positions, preening in the radiance of public flattery, receiving honorary degrees, and getting called doctor and reverend. Don't let people do that to you. Put you on a pedestal like that. You all have a single teacher, and you all are classmates. Don't set people up as experts over your life, letting them tell you what to do. Save that authority for God. Let him tell you what to do. No one else should carry the title of father. You only have one father and he's in heaven. And don't let people maneuver you into taking charge of them. There's only one life leader for you and them, Christ. Do you want to stand out? then step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to, simple, uh, to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. I could stop right there. That's a pretty good lesson right there. That's a different way of thinking, isn't it? I mean, we're taught so opposite growing up. If we don't go to church, if we don't... If we don't hear anything from the Bible, if we don't hear anybody talk about that, we're, we're taught opposite of what we just heard. It's so easy for us to, to manufacture our religion. Let me explain what I think religion is. I've got the definition for you. I believe religion is man's attempt to do something to be right in the eyes of God. A ritual or sacrifice to God to make him accept and love us. An outward expression for inward relief of guilt. Let me explain what that means. When I first thought of maybe coming to God, I would go to church because of what it made me feel like. I put in my time. Now, I didn't have a relationship with Christ. I, I didn't do it because it was a good thing to do. I just did it because I wanted to feel less guilty about all the cruddy things I was doing. Ever been there? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I remember my uncles. They would teach me how to cuss with them when we were out on the farm doing different things because they wanted to cuss. They wanted to justify their behavior. So they got me to do it too. Made them feel better. And it's the same thing sometimes with our religion. We can go to church just because it makes us feel good. Hey, we put in our time. Oh, good person. Hmm. That's different, though, than what a relationship is. So I want to compare five different things versus religion versus relationship and the difference between the two because there is a difference. There are a lot of people that are religious in the world. There's some religious people that don't ever go to church, too. There's a lot of religious people. But there are lots fewer people that have a relationship with God. And I believe that is the whole idea behind the gospel, is to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. So, let's see what religion says. Religion says, I can work up to God by my own actions. Have you ever thought, 
man, if I just, I could just pray more. If I could just give more. If I could just help more people. If I could just, if I could just, I could just, I could just. And then I'll work really hard, and then I know God's going to love me because of that. I've got some serious news for you. God already loves you, cares about you, and you don't have to do those things to get Him to love you. The reason we as Christians would do something nice, the reason we would want to pray more, to give more, to do all these things, would be because we love God, not because we're scared. See, there's a difference. Religion, we cower. And better do it or we'll get burned onto the carpet. <laughs> and relationship is opposite of that. So, relationships as God worked down to me through the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the passage in Romans, but it says, uh, basically it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's a very popular part of scripture. It's my favorite scripture ever. Romans chapter 10. But in that, it basically says, do we say, you know, do we bring down God, God to us by doing our different things? No. Do we have to bring him up to us? No. God did it for us through Jesus. He's the one that did it for us. We don't get to say, hey, I did it. I got it. I got right with God because of me. No. The whole reason that we even have the ability to have a relationship with God is because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. That's it. Grace by faith. I know it would be awesome if I stood up here and said, look, here's a checklist. You just got to do these things and you are assured of going on in. But it's not the stuff that we do. It's what he has done for us. Second thing that religion says is my outward service to God is more important than my inward attitude. In other words, if I show up and volunteer and do these different things, well then, I am on. Guess what? You can show up. We can be, we can be here. The lights can be on. But our attitude can say, I don't want to be here. This is not worth it. I don't like the people I'm working with. You, know, you can have all this stuff going on on the inside. But, but boy, you look good on the outside. Guess what? God knows your heart. He knows my heart. So religion says, my outward service, if I just do look good and everything, I, I got my act together. I just got to do whatever I can to look good. But relationship says, my inward heart is more important than my outward appearance. Do you remember when Saul, the king of Israel, had messed up? He disobeyed God. I'm sure you're familiar with the story. And he got a little bit of trouble, and God said, you're not going to be the king anymore, I'm picking somebody else. And Samuel, the prophet, I'm sure he was quite a sight, went to a guy named Jesse, who had many sons. And he said, look it, God told me that one of your sons is the next king of Israel. So line him up, and let me take a look. And so, Jesse's like, yeah, all right. So he lines up his, and his, boy, his kids were amazing. Boy, you know, they were strong, and, you know, they all of them had their different qualities and everything. But he lined them all up, and, and Samuel starts going through, and God's, no, no, not that one. No, not that one. No, but ooh, that one looks really good. It's got to be that one. Nope. He went all the way down and ran out of kids. 
And he thought, well, maybe I heard wrong. What's the deal? He goes, are you sure you don't have any more? <laughs> and guess what? Jesse did. He said, well, I've got my youngest one, David. He's out in the field, you know, shepherding the flock. He goes, go get him. So David shows up, this little punk kid. Wet behind the ears. Hi, everybody, I'm David. You know, I'm sure his brothers were like, oh, right, right, he's going to pick him. Samuel gets in front of him. Boom, the Spirit of God says this. This is the next king. Woo, goosebumps. I imagine his brothers were livid. <laughs> yeah, but look at me, man, they're working out for, you know, months. I look great. What? It wasn't the outward appearance. And then, God's, then Samuel says to Jesse, it's not the... The outward that God looks at, folks, it's the heart. What's inside? God knew that David had a heart like his. And he picked him as a result. See, that's relationship, not religion. Don't we in this world? I mean, you watch TV. We, we, uh, we vote for American Idol for the one that looks the best and sings the best and has it all together on the outside. They could be a total weirdo on the inside. We would never know. But we're going to do it by what it looks like. When God says, no, it's deeper than that. And that's the beauty about being a Christian. It's a level playing field for all of us. Just because you might have it together in one area and look pretty good, doesn't really mean anything to the person that might not look so good. That's why when, when, we're, in, when we're in different services and stuff, I remember this. I remember um, some homeless guys coming in. I used to work for the Union Gospel Mission. And I remember some homeless guys coming into a service and instead of being treated like everybody else, because they, they, they smelled, they were, you know, well, let's put them back here. And, you know, and I'll never forget the, the horrible things that happened at, at one church. I felt so bad. We had a guy that was, he was, he didn't smell so good. He wasn't, I don't know, he wasn't operating on all cylinders. But I'll never forget the, the offering went missing. And, uh, and the pastor was sure that this guy had taken it. Well, they actually, a deacon and the pastor went and found this guy and said, you took the money, we want it back. Uh, unbeknownst to him, the secretary at the church accidentally put it in the wrong drawer. Now, how do you think that made that guy? I bet you he's not going to church today. A whole lot. Hopefully he forgave and everything got right, but it wasn't a pretty story. And I'll never forget the ripple that went through the frozen chosen that we were involved with, it was like, uh-oh, what have we done? A poignant lesson on the fact that you don't look at the outside, you let God look at the heart. It's hard to do that, though, isn't it? Oh, man, so easy to judge a book by its cover. Why do you think that the romance novels have such alluring covers when you walk through Safeway or walk to the bookstore? Why do you think they put those covers on there? They aren't as good. The books aren't as good as the covers. Why? Because they know most folks will judge a book by its cover, just like we do, people. You would be surprised at the amount of amazing people. You would never, ever imagine amazing people that we just discount because of what they look like. Well, religion also says, I'm good, aren't I? Give me the best spot. I deserve it. Come on. I'm awesome. 
Whereas relationship says, you know, I'm really not that good without Jesus. So let me serve you. I'll never forget the, the, uh, the, the wave that went through Christianity here back in the 80s. And it was, uh, remember the name it, claim it, grab, grab it, or gab it, grab it um, kind of thing that went on where it was like, you know, prosperity movement and all this stuff. And people were, were you know, I'm a kingdom kid and I deserve this and I'm better than, you know, all this different stuff. And it was like, wait a minute, I think we're missing the mark there. Not that you aren't awesome, you are. God made you. He didn't make junk. You're not a mistake. However, thinking you're awesome and better than everybody else is a mistake. Even Jesus, who created everything, never acted like he was better than everybody. And we're supposed to take his example. He served people. You would think the king of the universe, who could snap his fingers and do whatever he wants to, you would think that he would go around saying, okay, do this for me, do that for me, do this for me, do that for me. But guess what? His example was, let me wash your feet. Let me heal your body. Let me show compassion on you. Let me raise you from the dead. That was his reaction. He loved people and he served people. The opposite of what religion says, or look at me, man, I got the robes and I got the position, I got the title. Serve me, everybody. However, I can tell you by experience that happens more than you would expect. A lot. Happens a lot. <laughs> I'll never forget. I got I have to tell this story. I'm looking at the clock and saying, should I? There is a really awkward feeling one time I had. There was this, uh, there was this uh, meeting that I was at, and I was with a, another guy that was... Uh, I mean, I wasn't in the big organization. I was just with him. Anyway, long story short, he got invited to a lunch, and we went into the inner sanctum of this, this big fancy church up in Seattle. We got into the, the inner room, and there was a private chef, and the, everything was ornate and everything, a beautiful table and everything. I sat down with my friend. And uh, so everybody's coming in. They're taking their little prominent places. You know, we're going to have lunch together and stuff. And I'm just thinking, what am I doing here? Because this is really awkward feeling. You know, and... And uh, about the time the whole room was full, a couple more people came in, and then the hosts of the gathering came over and uh, whispered in my ear. He got down on his knee, and he whispered in my ear. He said, oh, we really don't have room for you at the table. Could you sit over here in the corner? We'll bring your lunch over there. No kidding. Do you know the horrible, excruciating embarrassment I felt? Because what do you do? Well... I tried to be as gracious as I could. I said, oh, no problem, no problem. I went and I sat on the, in the corner and I thought, this is really awkward now. And then they sat these more important people down in my place. And, and I just sat there and I went, this is how it feels. Now, he wasn't right to do that to me. but And I'm not saying that I was demanding the best place. I just got sat there by my friend. But I do know how it feels now. So it's so important to go in as a servant and not as thinking that we should be number one. Religion says this, do what I say, not what I do. Do what I tell you to do. That's what religion says. But relationship says, do what God says, and I'll try to also. <laughs> Come on, let's do what God says, not what 
We shouldn't follow the example of people that aren't living it. One of the reasons that we do that, though, is when we were reading Scripture, we put people on a pedestal and we're not supposed to. Guess what? People are people. We're all the same in God's eyes. It's a level playing field. Now, some of us have different positions and we do different things, but that doesn't make people better than others. I think I've said this phrase here before. I'm no better than you. You're no better than me. We're all just better than we used to be. And if we keep that attitude, I believe that we can hear God better and we can do what he wants. All right, how about this? Last but not least, religion says, my way is the most important way. So get out of it. Get out of my way. And relationship says, God's way is the most important. We pick what he has to say. All right, let's take a a little test before we leave. The question is, how do you handle religion in your life? Because it's really easy to be religious and harder to have a relationship. Well, I think we should be cool, like Jesus. And we need to confront religion and be a revolutionary. Get tired of the way it is and say, I'm going to do something about it. Here's the religion test. You can take this on your own. Don't tell me your answers. You get to have the answers yourself. Then you can determine, are you religious Or do you have a relationship? Number one, do I serve God because I'm scared of him? Now, I'm not talking about awe and wonder and and blown away by how amazing his majesty is. That's different. I'm talking, do you serve God because you're scared to death he's going to zap you with lightning? Or because, how how do you serve him? Well, if you answer... Yes, I'm scared to death of him. You probably are more into religion than you are a relationship because when you serve Christ, when you accept Christ into your life and you begin to serve him, you have awe and wonder of him, but you fall in love with him. That's different than being scared. Can you imagine the relationship that Amy and I would have if I just, every time I came home, I put a knife to her throat and said, tell me you love me? She would say, I love you, but would she mean that? No, she'd be scared to death of me. That If she messed up, I would stab her. Is that any way to live? Is that a relationship? No, that's called um, abuse. And God, friends, is not into abuse. He loves you. Number two, do I feel better by just coming to church? Now, think about that. I know, I know. People say, oh my gosh, what are you saying? I'm not saying it's wrong to go to church. I go to church every Sunday. But uh, what I'm saying is, by coming, does that put a little notch on your to-do list and go, oh, I did my duty. You You may be religious if you do that. What if we came to church instead of for what we could get, but for what we could give? What if we said, you know, I'm coming to church this Sunday. I'm going to look for somebody that's down and out, and I'm going to encourage them. What if we came to church thinking, you know, I really, I just don't like the way that Larry does the music. What if we changed our attitude and went, you know what? I'm so glad I go to a place where I can freely worship God. I don't care what music they play. I'm just going to worship God. I think this is great. Tilt. Revolutionary, that's what you are. 
What if we came to thought, I wonder, you know, I got that extra money this week. Well, I wonder if I can give that to this one particular ministry that's working or doing. What? Yep. Maybe we could feel better about coming to church because we came to give and we came to love on people. That might be a good thing. (laughs) Number three. Are there things that I do for God that replace my prayer and my meditation with him? In other words, do we put in our time and do particular, sign up for this committee, sign up for that committee, and then we neglect our personal time with God? I think there needs to be a balance. How about this one? Number four, do I put others down in my prayers? Now, that's the one thing I love so much about this church, is every time we have sat out here and prayed with you all, it's always very uplifting and very encouraging but you know there are places that pray. Do you remember the part in Scripture where, where, uh, where the, guy, the guy, was it the Pharisee? Or I can't remember who it was that said, Oh Lord, I thank you that I'm not like that poor sinner at the altar. Remember that part? It's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's like, hey, wait a minute. That's not how that works. We're not supposed to be putting down anybody in prayer. We're supposed to be lifting people up in prayer. But... You can tell if you're religious when you pray, if you go, oh God, thank you so much, I haven't screwed up so bad as that person. Boy, I really messed up, I'm sure glad I'm not a mess up like that person. That is not the way we're supposed to be praying. So you might be religious if you do that. And then last but not least, and there's so many more, am I putting faith in the cross of Jesus or Am I putting faith in my own ability to have devotion time with God, the way I serve Him? Well, sadly enough, many, many people like the Pharisees and like, I mean, we say Pharisees, but modern day equivalent would be any of us that are saying, look, at, I do all these different things and that's going to get me okay with God. When in fact, faith in what Jesus did on the cross is the only thing that sets us right with the Lord. Everything else is frosting. So I encourage every one of us this morning to think about the cake. And that is Jesus dying on the cross, raising from the dead, and faith in what he did saves us. Nothing else. Then anything that we do on top of that, anything that we do to better ourselves or to love people or to whatever, that is simply because we love him. So did you learn anything today? Are you going to be a revolutionary? I challenge you this week to look at religion in your life and make a difference. Stand up against it like Jesus did to the Pharisees and the religious leaders and said, whoa, wait a second. And look at a relationship versus religion. Let's pray. Lord, you are amazing. And it is so hard sometimes to understand how you work because you work in such amazingly mysterious ways. Could it really be as simple as your Bible says that we would humble ourselves before you, that we would ask you to come into our heart, that we would believe that you died on the cross for our sins, took our place, And then rose again 
that by putting faith in you, Lord, would save us for eternity. Could it really be that simple? Of course, the answer is yes. And we love you for that. Thank you that every one of us, not just in this room, but within the sound of my voice, every one of us has given that opportunity to have faith in you. And you're the one that even gives the faith to believe. So, Lord, help us to be revolutionaries. To stand up against the tyranny. To stand up against the control of religion. And to have, dare to have a relationship with you. That's our prayer. Thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. We give you praise and we give you honor now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. So there you go, dear. What do you think? Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy your sermon. And I remember to take pictures, even though you didn't like them. It's all right. I tried. It's okay. There was this weird light... That goes right above, you know, like a Bible or in your case, an iPad, because you're one of those kind of preachers. Mm-hmm. I'm um, one of those kind of preachers. Well, anyway. It, so what are we going to do for the 4th of July? Well, I think we're going to go down and have a redneck 4th of July at my brother's house. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I think I think Andrew and Kira and Catherine are going to go down. The only thing is we're discussing because Catherine wants to stay for the fireworks part. I don't really want her driving out there in the middle of the night. Well, she could go stay the night at my mom's. Yeah. But I don't think my mom will stay for the fireworks. But she'd only have to drive three miles into town. Yeah. Just as long as she's careful. Well, we'll think about it. Yeah. So we're going to probably have a big picnic or something. That'll be good. Unless I have work. Well, I guess I can work up until a certain time and then go. Yeah, because... Um, dinner doesn't start till like five. They're going to start some games and stuff and just visiting at like three. Yeah. And dinner won't be till five or six. So, so. that should be kind of cool. We yeah. wanted to play a song before we left. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool song by one of the ladies that was on American Idol. Mm-hmm. And we really liked her. I thought I actually yeah. quit kind of watching after, after she got she voted left. off. Well, and I... I um you were looking for songs about freedom and I said what about the song that Angie did she wrote it herself and I think she auditioned with it during Hollywood week something like that and um and they were really blown away by and it it was a song um she is a believer and it was a song kind of as about her relationship with God and how he set her free and took some baggage out of her life that had kind of weighed her down. And um, so when you were talking about freedom, it reminded me of that song. Cool. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to um, play that. And that'll be the last you hear of us right now. So uh, we hope you have a great week. We'll be back next week when we might be able, if we get confirmed on the on the person that we want to interview, we'll let you know about that. But uh, yeah, it should be fun. All right. Okay, everybody, thanks for joining us for the Taken With You podcast. This is Angie Miller, and I believe the song is called You Set Me Free, right here on the Taken With You podcast. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. You want to say your thing? Oh, this has been a Moyer Multimedia 
LLC production, copyright 2013, all rights reserved. And please feel free to get a hold of us at rickattakenwithyou.com or amyattakenwithyou.com. And if you want to make a donation like some of our really cool friends have done in the past couple weeks, that would be awesome too. You just uh, go to our website, hit uh, on the PayPal button, and you can send whatever you feel. And it really helps. You know, well, big time right now, especially when I'm not having a, You know, yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> anything helps. Well, if everybody that listened to the podcast gave a few bucks, we would it would help us through this slump. That would be yes. really cool. But I'm not going to I'm not. We don't do the program for money, so. No. Okay, so, you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's play it. Angie Miller.
You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network.